You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about the 1993 horror film Leprechaun. You, no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. No! Your spirit, all your money, and you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. Satan lives. The year is one. Fill your hand, you son of a bitch. This city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. the mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian. With me tonight, Mr. Paul Williams. Top of the morning to you. Oh my gosh. Dude, please tell me you're not going to do that accent the whole show. Yeah. Go ahead. Everybody, go ahead and get your terrible uh, leprechaun slash maybe somewhat offensive Irish accents out right now. Where's me pot of gold? <laughs> like you could play it. You could play a, a, a fucking Irish drinking game to how many times... Warwick Davis says he wants his gold. Yeah, we're talking about Leprechaun tonight. This is a horror film. It does have its fans. It's not regarded, um, I would say, very... It's not not thought of very highly um, in terms of horror films, but um, it is a horror movie, and um, some people like this film. And it did spawn five other movies, plus an origin story. That's like a... A, a reboot, right? Uh, I thought the origin was supposed to be like, you know, exactly what it says. The origins of the leprechaun. Yeah, but this is, it's not the, it's not supposed to be the same leprechaun that's Warwick Davis, right? Because isn't there a wrestler no. in that? Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's not really that good. I have not seen that. I kind of, I bailed out somewhere around leprechaun in the hood. I don't think I saw the second one because they made a back to the hood. There was a there was a Blu-ray set that had all seven films on it. So I'm I'm actually gonna sit down and watch all seven Leprechaun films. So you actually watched wow. all seven of these? I watched all seven of those bastards. Dude, I yes, had a hard time just getting through this one. I fell asleep the first time I was trying to watch this film. I can't believe I you made it think... through <laughs> through through six more of these movies. How did you do that? Leprechaun in Space was fucking horrible. I mean, all of them, all of them were kind of crap, but yes. So there yes. was Leprechaun, and then, and then got, they did Leprechaun Two, Leprechaun Three, uh, Le- and Leprechaun Three. That's the one that's in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, Leprechaun Three is in Las Vegas, and then there was Leprechaun Four, Leprechaun in Space, Leprechaun in oh Space. Oh my god! Dude, what, what was up in the nineties? Like, 
I, there was a lot of part fours that were in in outer space, like uh, Hellraiser. The fourth well, one of those was in space. Well, see, that's that's when. Okay, now I will say that that Hellraiser Bloodlines actually probably is one of my favorite Hellraiser movies. Really? I mean, uh, honestly, yeah, dude. Like, I'd have to say one, two, Bloodline. Yeah, you know, three is three's three's not very good, but some of the makeup in it, I. Yeah, some of the makeup in that movie I really dig though. Even though it is absolutely yeah. ridiculous and terrible, like the like the guy with the CDs. Yeah. The Cinnabite. Like, and then there's yeah. the Cinnabite that has the camera for the eyeball. Yeah. He's like, Are you ready yeah, for Yeah, he was up? like the cameraman. Well, to be honest, after the first two Hellraisers, the the quality dropped off a little bit there. Like the CGI that's used in Leprechaun in Space. Is like it looks like it's CGI used from like the late eighties. It's what it's what they were like, using I mean, on Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Star Trek: Next Gen like was straight shitting on the CGI for this movie. I mean, like it was so 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 horrible. It's surprising that Leprechaun went and spawned this huge franchise. Like that's fucking amazing in itself. Yeah, well, only the first two were released in theaters. And then after that, everything was direct-to-video. Now, the first Leprechaun had a small budget. This is made for under a million dollars. Warwick Davis is the star. And supposedly, this was going to be a kid's film or like a horror film for kids. And then the studio went back and decided to make it for adults and added the gore. Do you think that was the right decision? There's definitely room for comparison to, like, say, Critters. As for like the campiness and stuff of it, I, I don't think it really fits in that same genre as like movies like Critters or even Monster Squad or or Goonies, like those those coming of age misadventure movies. It's the kid. Well, it does have that feel, yeah. If it, yeah, it feels a lot like it's kind of the same cast from Critters, right? Like in Critters, you have the the young kid. I forget what his name is, and then. You have the um, the farmhand who who's a little dim-witted and an alcoholic. You know, in this well, movie, actually, was, the guy's I, slow, I was, and it's a kid. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna use the comparison to to chunk. Oh yeah, yeah, you can even bring in a Goonies. I mean, that, well, that's what I'm saying. It you know? the movie has a very it feels like a kids' movie, man, with some gore tacked into it. Like even the kid that, comes in and saves the day. Yeah, I, I was gonna make. I was just getting ready to say that. It's like a well, spoiler some alert. Of those, those, like some of those 80s and even into early 90s movies where it's like there are all these like fucking teenagers and, and, and grown up kids. But the one child, the one fucking kid in the movie seems to have more goddamn common sense and more more knowledge of what's going on than any of the older people. We could even go back to to uh, Friday the 13th, the final chapter on that. Well, I mean, that's how, you know, they're aimed for kind of kids. It's kind of getting the kid market in. And it makes sense for movies like Monster Squad or Gremlins, you know, the rated PG or PG-13. Some of these films, like, I think Silver Bullet's another one of those movies where it's, it's rated R. And, and is an adult really going to latch on to Silver Bullet? Mm, you know, yeah. I mean, it's Corey Haim's your main character is the kid. I mean, well, hell, if we're going to do that, you know, I mean, you might as well carry that with that back to Lost Boys again. I, I, would, I can see where that one is a little bit more aimed at teenagers. You know, like the teenagers yeah, are the cool still... kids in the movie, and 
yeah, you, I, I know what you're talking about with the F- Frog Brothers and everything, but even the Frog Brothers are young teenagers themselves. You know, they're thir- they're 13, 14 year olds. They're you know they're getting ready to get their driver's license. That's st- yeah. you're you're not identifying with like in Leprechaun. Spoiler alert here. We're jumping a little bit ahead, but it's pertaining to the what we're talking about. But like the end of this movie, like the the kid's the hero. You know, he gets his moment with the slingshot. Exactly like yeah. you know critters where I forget what he does, but the the little boy in that blows up the the spaceship. And we're just spoiling every eighties film here. I'm sorry, <laughs> but either the kid or or Jennifer Anderson's character are are like your two protagonists of the of the movie. I, you I want to say it's Jennifer yeah. Anderson, but I guess maybe maybe it's that uh, the good looking farm man with his 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 nineties outfit. And this film is very nineties. Yeah, his '90s outfit and his fucking Kevin Bacon haircut. <laughs> it is. It's a total. It's a total Kevin Bacon '80s haircut. You're correct, dude. I oh swear. As soon as I saw that, as soon as I saw that, dude, I was like, "Yep, Kevin Bacon." This guy wants to be Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah, it's like I want to be Kevin Bacon and fucking Footloose or something. <laughs> no, man, he had, he had shorter hair and Footloose. Man, come on, no, 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 you're. Yeah, he did. Bro. Yeah, he did. Okay, no, 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 no. This has been around about the same time. Kevin Bacon and motherfucking Tremors. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's got that big main in that movie. This is how much we enjoyed (laughs) Leprechaun. Now we're talking about Kevin Bacon and his hairstyle. (laughs) And I mean, if I'm not mistaken, dude, like Leprechaun came out around the same time Tremors did. Yeah, it it wouldn't have been too far off from Tremors. You know, the crazy thing is when this movie came out in 93, it was released in January. It's it's Leprechaun. Why did you yeah. not release this in March? Yep, you think that would have been the prime time to release it, you know. All right, so when was the first time you saw this, man? I saw it when it uh when it was actually released on on VHS. I remember I remember seeing the previews for it. It intrigued me. You know, you got to keep in mind, man, that this movie came out I was probably maybe about 11, 12 years old. Like the first time I saw this, uh, I, I think it was also on video. Rented it from a video store, and yeah, I was excited. I, like you said, I was young as well. Ate it up. To be honest, though, I don't know if I've seen it past the age of twenty sober until this viewing, and um, <laughs> I I checked the runtime, and this movie felt like it was two hours. It is only 90 minutes long, and man, you feel it. There are maybe some redeeming qualities about the movie, and I can understand. Obviously, the movie did did fairly well. I mean, it spawned, like I said, six. I mean, it spawned its own franchise. It was this uh, distributor, uh, Trimark, (laughs) who released a lot of you know, mostly directed video stuff, but they did a lot, some theatrical releases. Um, they released Cubed. Um, I always, always like that. That was a good little sci-fi film. But this was Trimark's like third highest grossing movie for them. Um, it made like eight million. You know, I think we brought up the budget was was you know under a million. Then Lionsgate comes along. Oh yeah, they they did kind of turn into Lionsgate, or Lion Lionsgate bought them. But Lionsgate, man, absorbed a lot of companies, uh, man, and especially like around the late 2000s. Like, I think they bought Artisan. 
Uh, and they they bought uh, Summit not too long ago. And then you, uh, they also bought Roadside Picture Show, I think. Yeah. Well, man, they got the they got that Hunger Games franchise. They're making big bucks now. To be honest with you, I think I think Lionsgate really saw their their big jump when when they released the Saw films. You were talking about a horror franchise. That was a big yeah. one, and that stayed in the theater for all seven movies. I know a lot of people don't like those, but I think it's a master a master class of like sto- continuous storytelling. They, I mean, they kill the main character off or the main antagonist villain in the third movie, and then there's four other films. You know, I, I've only seen the first three Saw films, and to me, like I almost I would almost put Saw. Up there with like Blair Witch and Scream, dude. Oh, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think I would do that. I mean, I like Saw a lot. I think Saw is no, really great. Saying, but well, I'm saying like as for like the the reinventing of of what we know as horror films. Yeah, I think I think you know we we had our Scream, and that was big in the '90s, and then towards the late '90s we had Blair Witch Project. And then the early 2000s, you had Saul released. Okay. And when Saul released. I guess I understand what you're saying, but like Saul is more Friday the 13th comparable, whereas like yeah, Scream is I more like that. in the League of Halloween. Does that make sense? In terms yeah, of how yeah, I think I about definitely. that, like I love Friday the 13th. I love Saul. Well, Saul is way better than Friday the 13th, though, but. Blasphemer. Yeah, I don't know. What? Well, no. I mean, Saul. Saul. I mean, come on, dude. Saul's like a is a way better constructed movie than oh, Friday yeah. the Thirteenth. Yeah, I mean, Friday the Thirteenth is like pretty simple. Um, what it does with its like simple premise, it does really well. But I mean, laid which, out. You know, yeah, what or- James orchestrated Wan, master plan. Well, I mean, what know. James Wan was able to do with with his camera, his shot selections are just visually more interesting, I think, than Sean Cunningham in Friday the Thirteenth. Um, and I, I just think the story is a little bit more well thought out as well. But I mean, but Friday the yeah, is a classic. Uh, Nobody's going to argue that. I think this was uh, once again, this was another actress that that kind of got her big big break in Hollywood from doing Leprechaun. Because Jennifer Anderson went on to do Friends, act in a slew of movies after this. Oh yeah, a bunch of Hollywood uh, comedies. She was in uh, yes. Where the Millers not too long ago. That was a pretty big hit. And quite a few romantic comedies. But I still think Jennifer Aniston is probably most well-known for Friends, probably. I, well, I, you know, I, out of that entire cast, I feel like she's the one that's gone on and and separated herself the most. You know, I, and I'm going to be honest with you, man. Her, her acting is not, I mean, there's really, like, I will, I, I will say this. <laughs> Warwick Davis probably Warwick Davis hands down is the best actor in this fucking movie. Based off of Jennifer Anderson's performance in Leprechaun, you you couldn't tell she was going to go on to be a huge Hollywood star. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, she's not very good in this. <laughs> it's kind of disappointing, you know. It's like when you know that Matthew McConaughey's in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. When you watch it. Matthew McConaughey is all kinds of crazy in that movie. He's making strong choices in that movie. They're not all good. Hey, I mean, you just made that fucking comparison. 
Yeah, well, I mean, like, Matthew McConaughey is, like, really trying in Texas Chainsaw. So is Renee Zellweger. And you know they had to be so yeah. like, God, what the fuck are we doing? Why are we making this movie just, this is terrible even for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel. Yeah. Which there hasn't been a good one yeah. since the second. That still has some of the best moments, man, ever in it. Yeah, really outside of Chainsaw 1 and 2, I'm kind of kind of, kind of done with that franchise, but... But that's the thing, Jennifer Anderson right. in this movie is is not trying. Like, well, okay, I, maybe she's trying, but it's not one of those performances you look back on and you're like, I bet you everybody was floored. They had a movie star in their hands. Jennifer Anderson's acting was not the greatest in that movie, no. But I will tell you whose acting was even worse: the fucking the dad, whose presence was like not even fucking known in this movie. That's another goddamn thing. That I wanted to put up. Why is it that since fucking Friday 13th final chapter, any kind of fucked up shit goes on in a horror movie? They always send a little kid to go fix the goddamn engine in the fucking vehicle. Yeah, I have no they idea. Don't have sh- Why don't you at least send an adult out with them? I mean, come on, man. Ozzy, the mentally retarded dude, could fucking push down on the damn distributor cap. Yeah, no, no fucking feathered wings over here. He's just sitting there like fucking king shit high on the hog behind the goddamn steering wheel trying to fucking turn some shit that won't even crank. Man, what man, the hell? Out, what dude. was that sentence that you just said, dude? Something about yeah. some crazy turning in a in a high hog and what the hell, dude? Anyway, um, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll Go play back it back for you. Yeah. One other thing, this was directed by, well, it was written and directed by, I should say, Mark Jones, and I have not seen anything else this director has done at all. This is his only film I've seen. Didn't do anything else with the sequels, didn't write any of the other sequels. He was a co-producer for uh, Leprechaun 2, and uh, looks like he just got fat checks, Um, that fat, sweet Leprechaun money. Um, he got this buff of gold. Yeah, I was. Oh, man, <laughs> uh, dad jokes—they're funny always. And this, you know, this this was a big movie for uh, Warwick Davis. Yep. I mean, like he got top billing in the film, like before the title of the movie. It's Warwick Davis in Leprechaun, and all of them are like that. Every single one he's in, which uh, he's in six. I can't even think of another movie that he got top billing in since Willow. And I think that was the first one he got top billing for. Well, I've not seen Willow in a long ass time, dude. You know, if you're if you're into that sword and sorcery kind of kind of thing, man, I'm all about that shit. I would yeah, I would say watch Conan the Barbarian first. I would I would I would watch Willow and Red Sonia probably about they you know, they're they're about in the same ballpark. Ooh. Red Sonia. Yeah, I would say those two. Yeah. yeah, I feel comfortable lumping those two together, like watching them. What about Legend? Oh. Throw that up in the mix too. Right, man, I would I would watch Legend like ten movies down. Ooh, I would watch Crawl before I watched Legend, sir. I would watch the Dragon wow. Slayer. Yeah, the one from the seventies. Well, I would watch Dragonheart. Damn, dude, you really don't like Legend. No, I I don't I don't really care for much for that movie at all. It's one of those fantasy movies that you know some people some people like. That's not that's not really my my favorite. Same thing with the Labyrinth. I know a lot of people love the Labyrinth. 
I like the Dark Crystal a lot. With David Bowie? Yeah, I'm not a big Labyrinth David, fan. David, yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not the hugest fan of Labyrinth myself. Because I did bring up Star Wars. I got to mention, yeah. Warwick Davis's first big role was Return of the Jedi, where he played the little Ewok, Wicket. That's the one Princess yep. Leia runs across. And, uh, you know, they he picks up the hat and, you know, they had that cute little moment. Come on, have you seen, everybody's seen Return of the Jedi by now. Come on. We all seen the goddamn movie where the Empire fucking gets completely taken down by a bunch of goddamn fuzzy bears and some damn teenagers. Dude, don't get me wrong. I love that fucking movie. I, that's probably I my fourth that fucking fa- movie. That's my, that's my fourth favorite Star Wars movie, man. Yeah. There are so many awesome things in that movie. I just feel like it's a bit of a letdown in the climax for the Empire to kind of be brought down by a small, I mean, very small group of rebels and a bunch of fuzzy-ass bears. All right, guys. So we are going to take a break. We're going to play the trailer. If you haven't seen it, go watch it and make sure you're drinking a beer and uh, come back. Uh, Happy St. Paddy's Day. The luck of the Irish is being packed and shipped to a little town in South Dakota whose luck may have just run out. That was the trailer for Leprechaun, the 1993 horror comedy. I guess we didn't really touch on that. This, oh, this is this is supposed to be funny. It's not supposed to be taken seriously. No, it's not. It's supposed to be kind of a campy. I don't want to seem like I'm bashing the movie and, and everything else because there are elements about the movie that I do like. There are shots in the movie that I do like, and I think that they're are really interesting and good points to the movie. It's not meant to take literally as to be um, a a horror movie that's that's supposed to scare you. It's almost a horror movie that, yeah, there are jump scares and there's there's gore in it and everything else, but at the same time, it keeps that level of humility to it almost, you know? Well, its it's tongue is always firmly planted in cheek it is you know some of it is aimed at uh at younger audiences like the um 
like the little cars that that he drives around. You know, it's like the little leprechaun has oh, yeah. has these has got a toy car, and then he's got a a pitchfork death car at the end. You know, it's it's like a death race with a with a leprechaun and a go kart. <laughs> yeah, right. And I mean, but you know, overall, I mean, it's it, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, well, it does a good job of world building. You know, like yeah. it establishes rules very clearly from the beginning. You can grab a leprechaun and you can make them show you where your where their gold is. You know, you can get the gold, yep. but the leprechaun's gonna come after you. Four leaf clovers are like yep. crucifixes to vampires. You know, and but they can also kill the the leprechaun. So it establishes all this in this opening <laughs> sequence. With this older couple, with the just crazy these, uh, do people in Ireland actually talk like this? Surely not. I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure there's some that that do. I I feel like that was done for you know, like they overdid the accents in the beginning to kind of play well, up know, the man. comedy of the situation. Yeah, they may have. But because, I mean, I don't he know, gets dude. out and he's like from he came back from Ireland, like the old guy, right? that stole this leprechaun's yeah. gold and like they show he's he's drunk they show a whiskey bottle like they're going through all these stereotypes of irish people like right off the bat <laughs> this drunken irishman <laughs> yeah and i feel like they they did like the accents like they over exaggerated the accent <laughs> he comes back here yeah he's like in a limo He's freaking got uh, a goddamn chauffeur that's bringing his bags to the door and shit. Yeah, I want to know, did he tip I mean, the limo like, driver and the gold coins? Was he like, here, have a gold coin? See, you know, it's like I, 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 did, I, did, I never wondered that watching it when I was younger. But, like, I, I do now. Like, I guess I even he doesn't because that. he has all the coins at the end of the movie, and he's only missing that one. I guess he was just spending everything on credit cards at the time he was like man it's it's okay i got a bag full of gold i'm just gonna put this on my credit card right now where is this movie taking place by the way uh i think it's like arizona oh is it what is this guy doing out in arizona i don't know man i guess i guess him and his wife were like immigrants and he went back to ireland and when he was back in ireland he he caught himself a leprechaun You know, it's it happens. I mean, you know, you, you, you're in Ireland. You pick four leaf clovers. You catch leprechauns. It's what you do, man. So things don't work out for the old man. The leprechaun ends up getting trapped in a crate by a four leaf clover. The movie skips ahead ten years, and you get introduced to the you know a uh, whole set of characters that are now moving into the house. Jennifer Anderson. The, the absolutely one. The only the only parental figure in in the entire movie. It is the father, and this guy is the most absent human being in the movie ever. I, I think he's in what, like, three scenes. Well, he gets his hand like, bit, and he goes, he, he he's like staying in the hospital for like a, like I don't know. Do you do you stay? Scratch. In, yeah. Do you stay? Well, no. I mean, he he does get his hand bit, but do you stay in the hospital overnight for that? Like that just seems like an ER visit to me. Well, the scene when they're at the hospital, man, it's like this seems like the shittiest fucking like rundown. If you're if you're almost dying and there's another hospital like two two miles away, you'll go to the hospital two fucking miles away before you go to this motherfucker. And then the dad like hires these local guys. Was it the uh, come and paint the 
What what is the name of their company, man? Like three guys, three guys that paint or something like that. Three guys that paint. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> three guys that paint. I like that. So there's yeah. the older ones, Nathan, and then he's got a younger brother, yeah. and they have a, a slow friend. I don't I don't know what his deal is. I don't know if he's. I, he yeah, needs I an know. operation to fix his brain, man. Yeah, that's man. That was it, even though the kid like later calls out in the movie, like he's like, "Yeah, I know there's no operation that can fix this guy's brain." Why the hell would you tell him that then? I was like, "This because kid does nothing he, but destroy slow. this guy throughout the entire movie." And I mean, the whole and the fucked up thing is, dude, Jennifer Anderson, she's like kind of cold about that shit. She's like, "You know, there's no operation to fix." What's wrong with him, right? And you know, dude, at the whole beginning of the movie, Jennifer Anderson's character is extremely annoying when she shows up. She just she constantly complains about the living conditions in this house, and it's nowhere near like a mall. And very, she's very snooty and yeah. looks down at other people that don't share her beliefs. Her character's a, a kind of a kind of a bit of a narcissistic elitist. She's really unlikable in the beginning of this movie, and the only reason she wants to stay is because she she she's got the hots for the uh, the work the summer help, the Nathan guy, the Kevin Bacon wannabe. They use the one guy who is his who's kind of like mentally retarded to unleash the leprechaun from his prison. I I didn't understand like why didn't the leprechaun do that earlier. I guess he was like, "Hey, this guy's slow, so I can just I can fool him. I have this little this little kid voice that I do sometimes on the weekends." <laughs> well, I was under the impression that the house had pretty much remained vacant, you know, past said decade. Well, these guys have been working on it right before. Like, I mean, they're they're already working before Jennifer Anderson shows up. Yeah, they say they've been down in the basement. These three cats right here are like the worst fucking painting crew ever. Why are they painting that house that awful blue color? Well, the blue isn't what's so bad. Is Why are you going to mix it with the fucking red? They play it into the role where it's like, oh, the mentally handicapped guy, he releases the leprechaun. And then if you would have taken the little boy and, and, and been like, I kind of fucked up, guys. I released the leprechaun. Nobody's going to believe that, kid. And what's even more fucked up is they kind of took it in the in, in the way of this movie. It was like, we're going to let the mentally handicapped guy release the leprechaun. So then no one's definitely going to believe him because he's mentally handicapped. Yeah. Well, they play that trope over again, too. They do the, uh, the whole blob. We're the cops and we don't believe you young kids. Yeah, that whole shit goes back to, you know, back to uh, even even Halloween with the cops not believing them. When he gets released, they do a little, they start building on the uh, leprechaun mythology here. We don't know what kills a mm-hmm. leprechaun yet. Um, they reveal it later in the movie that it's a four-leaf clover. So that's that's a little bit of mythology that's held back. That's the last piece. But th- we get this other bit right here where you find out that because the leprechaun does not have his gold, he doesn't have all his powers yet. Which I thought was really weird because later in the movie... Once he gets his gold, I mean, I know he doesn't have that one last piece, but he doesn't really have any powers that he uses. You know what I mean? That is something that they did correct in the sequels, but, you know, not not so much in, in the first film. In the first film, it was just like, he did, he did kept saying that. He kept saying, like, 
I'm not at full power, so I can't do this. And I'm not at full power, so I can't do that. There are other points in this movie that make absolutely no sense. Like, okay, I, I don't mean to jump ahead or anything. I don't think that there are just random clover patches growing in Arizona. The Irish couple that was living there in the beginning of the film, they did make it sound like he planted that there. Okay, yeah, I could see that. But you know what was, yeah. was weird at that end scene? when they, <laughs> like they, they meet up with that guy later in the home. And he's he's like he's dead hanging out the elevator because the yeah no <laughs> shit right the leprechaun kills him but he's like yeah go go get my go get a four leaf clover in my in my clover patch and Jennifer Anderson she she goes back to the house you know she goes to the clover field patch and they just for whatever reason it's very it's stylized it's a choice but they just shine this this light with this harsh green gel on it all over this clover yep. pat- patch and it's not they don't hide that it's a light where where the source no, is coming don't. from i don't know but i mean like the characters are they're in it they are casting a shadow it's it's a really it's a bizarre thing when they did find the four leaf clover there was this like bright ass yellow like golden light that they put on jennifer anderson like oh Oh yeah, the uh the hand uh, the hand drawn animation for that. Yeah, it, yeah. Sh- it shows up at the end too when they like defeat the the leprechaun. They they shoot that the kid shoots a four leaf clover into its mouth and it kind it, I don't know. It it's oh, with kind the of bubble cool. gum. Yeah, it's kind of cool because the leprechaun starts melting like uh stripe in gremlins. Yeah, he does. He but, does. And I will say man, that that one shot man when he was back mm. It's me gold. Hey, you know, visually that actually does look pretty decent, dude. A lot. I think a lot of the makeup effects look pretty on point, and for most of this movie, man. I mean, I think the the leprechaun makeup on Warwick Davis looks great. Well, I mean, once again, going back to some of the shots, man, in the movie, like I really, really love the shots when the leprechaun is going to kill the cop. And he's kind of like messing with him in the woods and shit. I really do enjoy a lot of those night shots in the woods right there. When that cop pulls uh, the leprechaun over in that ridiculous car, and he's chasing him through the woods. That's an example of that HMI light. Understanding more about film, I would imagine that it's a lot easier to light and use an HMI efficiently if you're in more of an open wooded area. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it, it depends, that I depends, mean, that depends on the cinematographer and artist. Like, you know, sometimes when you uh, shine an HMI, having a tree in front of it can sometimes cast really nice shadows and help break up the background. So you're not just blasting one area and making it look like a football field. Like you're actually emulating moonlight, you know, like it's, it's well, bright see, enough think, to I cast a shadow in this direction. You know what I mean? Well, see, I think that's kind of what it does in this scene, and I think that's another reason why I like it so much. There well, was I, I don't scene think it does I, in that scene, though. Like I, like you, really? I don't feel like yeah, because I don't feel like there's one particular source. I have to go back and look at it again, but I don't, I don't remember in those night scenes where like I felt like the light was kind of all over coming from all directions. Yeah, yeah there were some shadows, okay, yeah. you know, and in, in some that, shots, yeah, but. 
Well, I, I, another shot that I really liked a lot, man, was when the shot when uh, they didn't have the leprechaun found the mirror. Oh, no, that that was nice. That must have been a pretty difficult shot to shoot. You know, because one, you're shooting over someone's shoulder. You're catching the reflection, but you're also catching that reflection over someone's shoulder in a dark room I that like you're the, trying to light. I like the wide shot more, though. I think the wide shot oh, is... Oh, the shot, is, the out shots where the reflection, where, like, the light reflection yeah, was kind of, like, where shining in his face? Yes, exactly. And you can see the makeup a little bit better in the detail, but he's still yeah, yeah. he's still engulfed in, in darkness. Yeah, uh, the cinematographer, Levi Isaacs, uh, also did uh, The Dentist, which is another film kind of oh, in this... Really? Yeah, kind of in the same vein. Yeah, I remember The Dentist. Yeah, it's... That was kind of like a... a a shit low budget ripoff of uh, Doctor Giggles? No, I don't think it was a ripoff of Doctor Giggles. No, I think no, I think you should go back and watch the dentist, man. I don't think you're giving that enough uh, enough credit. No, it it had uh, some good little humor bits in it. You know, just it's not great, but it it does have moments that will you know they'll make you laugh and you can appreciate some things. Like Flippercon is not a great movie. This is not a good movie no. at all. I mean, most of the acting is is pretty terrible throughout the entire movie. Warwick Davis just stands out as the leprechaun, um, and everybody else just looks kind of terrible. I mean, there's a reason they kept Warwick Davis. You know, the, the leprechaun is the returning yeah, character. Yeah, he was definitely the star. Yeah. yeah. He was definitely the star of this movie. Exactly. Like, that's, that's what you kept. And uh, the makeup and the costume is well done. It's a little over the top, but, I mean, so is this film. You know, like even even his yeah. tricycle, like when he pulls out and they they speed the they speed oh, the that footage up. Great, dude. You know that that was another thing that was really kind of used a lot in eighties and and early nineties films was like this sped up camera frame technique that that was used a lot. Well, if you wanted to get wide shots of the actual action, I, well, I mean, a guy on a tricycle, if you're going to shoot that for real in a wide shot with. How fast can you pedal a tricycle? You know what I mean? It's it's going to be slow. But I think it almost it almost you have to it, speed it up. Like you know, once again, like you were saying earlier about you know the whole the whole Irish thing about that being done on purpose. It's like I almost feel like everything that was sped up in this film, like the whole tricycle bit and everything else, I feel like that was all done on purpose. Oh, dude, absolutely, yeah. I mean, they even put sound effects. Like when they speed it up, they give the they give it a sound. Uh, the the leprechaun's uh, magic when he makes doors close yeah. and things that has a sound as a whoosh. In it. Like even even when yeah, they later in the movie when they do that montage with the uh, the leprechaun going through the house, they're doing like uh, wipes and cross dissolves. And they even have sound effects laid on them. They even do a sound effect with the uh, the bike horn or the bike uh, bell, ding, ding. and they bring that back yeah. for a for a pretty scary moment later on. Well, I won't say scary. This movie isn't, but so scary. But well, okay, as scary, a scary as Leprechaun moment gets moment. Movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Anderson's character, she actually manages to get a call out from her cell phone. They don't call it her. They don't call it a cell phone. Let yeah. me get my mobile or my my, my portable. Mm-hmm. I gotta my get that, portable phone. dude. That was so new in '93. See, this is actually a goddamn Star Trek 
style flip phone is what she has in this movie. Fucking Kevin Bacon fucking feather wings. This motherfucker goes outside and gets his damn lid caught in a bear trap. I do like the bear trap scene. I actually thought that was good, dude. Yeah, that is that is a pretty good scene. And you know, the kid comes back and, and uses it again later, but it well, he ends up setting it up again later. He didn't actually use it, but And I, what the fuck was the point in that? Yeah, I think I, mean, just I almost giving... feel like that there was this big trap element design for the movie and they didn't really have time to shoot it, so they just had to come up with some other shit at the end. Yeah, I, I think they were just trying to give the kid something else to do. Before he could come in at the last minute, you know, and, and get the four-leaf clover. But one would think, though, that watching this movie, that if the kid's setting up the bear trap in the barn, that there's going to be some kind of confrontation in the barn with the leprechaun, and the bear trap is going to be involved. I mean, i.e., as for example, you know, catch the fucking leprechaun in the bear trap, then attach the four-leaf clover to his ass, and then you can fuck him up. No, I, I did want to touch on... I do like in the movie, Jennifer Anderson's character does do the smart thing, and, and they actually give the leprechaun the gold. And the leprechaun does go away for a minute, and you, th- you know, it's kind of like, all right, problem solved, movie done. The slow guy ends up eating the a, the a coin earlier in the movie, so you know the you know the leprechaun doesn't have all his coins. I do like that setup. I like that build. It's nothing great or spectacular, but it's 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 not bad. It I think it's kind it's, of a goofball Laurel and Harley, you know, <laughs> kind of moment. It's the one thing that makes it feel like it's not just a kids' movie. Like, oh my gosh, this leprechaun's gonna have to like rip this guy apart just to get the coin. Like that's gonna have yep. to happen from a plot perspective. And then your favorite line about the fucking rainbow. Oh, were you! Oh my God, that—that's earlier in the movie, man. That is—he sees that rainbow. It's just like the <laughs> Ozzy just blurts out, "Yeah, it's a magic rainbow," the, and all the characters kind of look at him for a minute, like, "Yeah, you're—you're you're kind of stupid." <laughs> and we love you anyway. I didn't really realize that this movie was in love with Nightmare on Elm Street until <laughs> until that one scene. When the phone rings, she picks it up, and instead of a tongue coming out, it's a little hand. It's a little baby hand. It tickled you on the chin. There, there are a lot of elements of Leprechaun that kind of almost pay uh, homage to other films. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think that, that, was, know, that were, was a big one. Yeah, that, that was definitely a big homage to Nightmare. It, that's, you know, that's kind of another thing I didn't understand. I know we did touch on this a little bit earlier. But I kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit more. She all of a sudden just gets this random piece of information. And she decides they're going to throw shoes into the yard to distract this leprechaun so she can get out of the house. No, I, dude, I thought that was a genius plan. The only thing I kept screaming throughout the entire movie is like, why is everybody not leaving with her? No shit, right? Like, why did she just leave? She just left because she's like, I need to go get answers on how to kill this leprechaun. Maybe it's the guy that owned this house before. And you think he died earlier in the beginning of the movie. And it's like, no, he just had a heart attack. So she's going to go to the hospital where this guy lives or the nursing home. I mean, I'm sorry. It's not a hospital. I mean, the shoe thing is good, though. Like, I, I thought that was I thought that was actually pretty funny. 
then why not everybody just take their shoes off and while he's distracted cleaning his shoes, pin the motherfucking four-leaf clover to his ass, bada-boom, bada-bing, bada-bang. No, dude, I, 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 I agree. I think everybody should have been in socks at the end of this movie. I think that would have been hilarious. Like, they should have kept this guy going. It would have been great. You know, they set up in the lore in the beginning of this movie that it's like, yeah, I'm a like, yeah, I'm a leprechaun. I'm also a, a shoemaker. If your shoes are dirty, I also I like, like to polish them. golden shoes. Yeah, right. Yeah, I like golden shoes, motherfucker. I do Man. like the dark twist where he tells that he tells uh, the Aussie guy, he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna bite your ear off and turn it into a boot." <laughs> oh yeah, I thought that was pretty you, funny. And see, that's that's another damn thing, man. It's like. Earlier in the movie, they kind of set that shit up where the kid has to get out and do the distributor. Who the fuck once again sends a kid out? Knowing now at this point in time in the movie, you know this leprechaun is trying to kill your motherfucking ass. Well, you know, okay. You're going to send a kid. Yeah, but look, dude, they don't care about this kid at all because all they had to do, (laughs) they still have their shoes. All they had to do was throw their shoes out for the kid, right? So you just throw your shoes out in the pavement. And then let the kid go fix, you know, whatever in the car. And then the leprechaun would just be like, "Okay, I gotta go, I gotta go clean these shoes over here. They're they're scuffed on the side of the road." They don't even do that. Like like the one scene, man, when they when they come back and like the whole kitchen's a fucking wreck, but every shoe is like completely polished and set in like complete order from size on the, on the island. Yeah, dude, the the shoe bit the shoe bits are pretty good. The one joke that really missed the mark for me was the wheelchair. I did not think that was funny, man. When he's running really fast uh, in the wheelchair. Like, yeah, I, I thought that kind of looked like shit, dude. Uh, like, yeah, right? It, like, the sped-up tricycle looked okay. And that was, you know, it's kind of funny. It's, I don't know, it's very kid humor, but that's fine. The wheelchair just didn't, I don't know, that just was not funny for me. I just did not find the humor in that. Yeah, I don't know. I I just I just didn't think that entire scene worked where the one guy who is actually supposed to give her the information, he's like dangling from the top of an elevator. That keep in mind she's already pushed the button for and this motherfucker theoretically should be moving. But no, he's got time to give a whole spiel about you've got to go find the four leaf clover you do. I just don't even think the whole geriatric scene should have been there. If they were going to do it that way, they should have just went in and said, okay, look, this is what we're going to do. The leprechaun's going to be distracted with the other three gentlemen that are still at the house. He's not going to follow her. Really? I mean, the leprechaun shouldn't follow Jennifer Anderson. Like, Jennifer Anderson helped the leprechaun out. Exactly. Like, she gave the leprechaun the gold. The one guy has the piece in his belly. I mean, I guess the leprechaun doesn't know that, but the leprechaun's magical. Like, why do you not know that? You have all your gold but one piece. Don't you have, like, I don't know. And what's even more fucked up, though? But we're, we're even more, that, that's, more fucked up. That's a logic that I really don't want to apply to this movie, though, to be all honest with you. Like, the problems that this movie well, has mean, with its identity crisis, I think, are are the major issues, like... The logic in this film is just, you know, it's it's out the window. It's so, who cares? But at the same time, like, I want to give it points because it does do a good job and it's world building. Like, it does follow its it own does. rules. It does. Well, go, Paul, go ahead and give us your, your wrap-up closing thoughts here, sir. 
you know, I, I it does have a little bit of a sweet spot for me. Once again, like I said, I sat down and watched all seven films. And the one thing about Leprechaun Origins, I think I had the biggest problem with, it completely lost that campiness. It completely lost that humor. I mean, come on, like we discussed earlier in the podcast, it goes from Leprechaun to Leprechaun 2 to Leprechaun in Las Vegas. Then it goes into space and then in the hood and then the hood again. It goes back to the hood. Yeah, as the franchise has kind of grown, it grew into this, you know, low budget campiness. But the thing is, you know, I think Warwick Davis really kind of found his niche as an actor playing the role of of the leprechaun uh they're not the greatest movies in the world but if if you want to knock a few of your favorite choice beverages back and sit down and have a good laugh leprechaun's right up your fucking alley man yeah i echo that yeah it's just not high art for sure it it's entertaining for what it is you know it's it's funny when it needs to be funny it's never really scary. It's got some good gore, some good makeup. I do think Warwick Davis kind of makes the film completely rest on his shoulders. There's no question about it. I was going to say it kind of rests on his shoulders. No, it completely rests on his shoulders. If he had not been in this role and somebody else, it just would not have been the same. I don't want to compare him to Robert England from Nightmare on Elm Street, but it, it is kind of that, where it, this actor has really bodied this role, and and it has really worked for him, and he's he does a good job. But if you know what you're getting into, and you know the, the, the film you're watching, I mean, if you want a movie about a leprechaun, I don't, you know, I don't know if this is it, you know? Like, if you were watching this modern day, I don't know if this is what you want. It is what you expected from the 90s. I, I can tell you that. It It is definitely of its time. All right, so you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E at the end of crew, at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, at Movie Crew Pod. Um, give us ratings on iTunes and Stitcher. We would certainly appreciate that. Paul, where can people follow you, sir? You can follow me on uh, Twitter at Paul R. Williams J1. And I'm also on Facebook. Everyone have a happy and very safe St. Patty's Day. May the like of the Irish be with you. And like always, we like to close out the show by playing a little bit of music from the film. We're going to play the main title, track one, from the Leprechaun soundtrack. The score was done by Mr. Kevin Kinner. And then after that, we're going to play I Want to Know Where the Gold's At. That was put together by someone on YouTube, some genius person who I don't know who they are, from Mobile, Alabama's news story. If you haven't seen that, highly recommend it. We'll put that link in the show notes as well. So happy St. Patty's Day. Good night.
To me, it look like a leprechaun to me. All you gotta do is look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah. I don't wanna know where to go. I don't, I don't wanna know where to go. Give me the go. I don't, I don't